Hi, this is Ben Eshmade and welcome to the King's Place podcast. The London International Festival of Exploratory Music returns to the venue this year from the 29th to the 1st of November. This time it turns its focus to Africa and South America. On this podcast, I will speak to two of the performers, the diva of the Sudanese desert, Amir Kia, and jazz singer Carmen Souza, who launches her new live album as part of the festival. Let's dive into these different and diverse musical worlds. First, I spoke to Carmen. asking if you were looking forward to uh, coming to King's Place and performing. Yeah, of course, you know, it's always good to, to play in London. Actually, uh, I always have a good feeling about playing in London because it was the first place where I played was in the UK, okay. um, outside Portugal, and to play at home because I now live here. <laughs> I mean, that's interesting, actually. Maybe we'll start there. I mean, tell me about your first gig then. And what was that like? Was it was it nervous? Was it Very, very nervous. It was my, my debut in all aspects. And it, it was actually in Reading at mm-hmm. the WOMAD Festival. And um, it was such a great experience, you know. It was a Sunday and it was noon mm-hmm. and uh, the place was filled with thousands of people you know and they were just sitting right in front of the the stage and just I I had the feeling that I was being carried you know because everybody was just sitting quietly and really listening and really you know supporting you know and uh, I think that's what every artist wants from an audience I guess. Where were you in regard to your albums at that stage? Had you recorded an album? Yeah, yeah. It was my my first album, uh, which is called Esenia Cap Verde. It was it was so so different, you know. I listened uh, just a couple of weeks ago. I was listening to all the repertoire, and I was like, wow, what a a path, what a way that me and Theo Pascal, which is the person that has composed all these this repertoire for all this time, what what have we created here, you know? And we have to go back to them and re- remember them and do new things about them you know it's interesting because you must always you must still get people who are just getting introduced to your music all the time yeah of course you know uh, they say that the world is small but we have traveled so many places in the world but there are so many other places to go and also you know our part of market let's say like that mm. is not so known you know we are we're not talking about pop music or anything like that so you know every time everything that me and tell and uh, my whole team have been building you know it it has taken years you know interesting question to ask is um do you say no to things as much as you say yes to things part of being an artist is 
to say a lot of no's. And I guess especially when you are a female artist, because there is a lot of that uh, conceived thing of the, the singer. You have to appear like this. Your clothes need to be like this. Your appearance needs to be appealing to something, you know? And I don't want that with music because every time I'm, I'm practicing uh, a chord or a scale, that's not what I have in mind that I need to appeal with my physical appearance. You know, God closes the door but opens a window and we climb the window and another window comes and you need to just be strong and fight for what you believe. We started by talking about your first album, but this concert's about your latest album. So maybe you could start by sort of talking a little bit about that. Well, the latest album was recorded live in Paris um, at the Lagny Jazz Festival. And uh, it was a great experience because the whole band, we were traveling a lot. We had just came from South Korea and Japan. And we've been playing these these songs for a long time. And we, me and Tao, we just felt it was the right time to register that, that moment. And so we re-recorded it. And um, I, I'm very pleased with the, with the result. We went to search for all our repertoire and the different songs from the different stages of our growth, let's say like that. And um, yeah, that's Lanyi Jazz Festival. It's a CD and DVD. This is a good point maybe to bring in influences because, I mean, there are some very well-known and maybe less well-known uh, famous live albums. Was, was there any that were a particular influence on, on this? Well, for me, from from what I I listen, I listen a lot to live jazz albums. You know, uh, live at the Village Vanguard. Uh, you know, all those great records. There is also a Cesare Evora one that I keep coming back to because it's just amazing. It's also in Paris. You know, you you keep listening to that and to the the way that the musicians flow in the music. You know, it's just amazing. I've been listening a lot to also Bill Evans uh, as a duo in the Montreal Jazz Festival and it's just perfect you know you mentioned a few things there but i'm interested to know maybe what a live album means to you i mean it sounds like it's about if you get it right you know capturing a moment mm-hmm. yeah exactly and uh you know when you're in studio you always have the top button delete do it again but you know live you only get one chance and that's quite challenging actually but it's a good challenge you know to put yourself to the to that test you know I'm, i like that kind of like that this is song for my father cantiga para meu pai Is it strange that sense of obviously a lot of you know a lot of these musicians being and yourself being based in London, but you also not being you know being from incredible variety of places in in the planet? Is, is that something that kind of occasionally sort of surprises you? Well, you know the the, the world is is going so fast. Sometimes we have those concerts in which we go in the morning, we play and we return. So we don't spend even 24 hours doing that, you know. And all of a sudden you're in London again, you know. And um, 
you know, for me, I, I was born and grew up in Lisbon with Cape Verdean roots and the Portuguese as well. And then I traveled to, to London. I have a whole bunch of influences within me, you know. Sometimes people, oh, but don't you feel more like this or more like that? I don't know who is the person in this world who can say that, oh, no, I feel more like that. Because uh, especially for me that I've been traveling so much, you know, and I see so many things that I identify with. That's automatically an influence, you know, on, on yourself, on your way of being. And yeah, I mean, talking about influences, I mean, how, how does the different music feed in, into, into your music? I mean, were your parents very much listening to a lot of stuff? Were you hearing stuff on the radio? Is your iPod bulging? <laughs> well, uh, my parents were listening to traditional Cape Verdean music, um, instrumental, uh, which, is, which is very interesting that they would listen to some the singers, but the most of it was instrumental. More my dad, he always he has always been more connected to to music, and he played the guitar and all of that. Um, but me, I've been listening to that. And the the radio, you know, anything that would come up in the radio at that time in the 80s, 90s, you know, sometimes a lot of different and strange music as well. <laughs> um, but actually, I don't have an iPod. I have a vinyl. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I tried to... You can't get, carry that around with you. <laughs> no, no. But, you know, when you're a musician, you don't want to listen to music, you know? Your music is like silence. Oh, I want to hear some silence, you know? I mean, maybe this leads nicely on. Um, we've talked about influences and you've talked about, obviously, your, your vinyl collection. You do interpret quite a few songs. How do you choose the music that you're going to put your own stamp stamp on, I suppose? Well, uh, most of the music that uh, I sing is my, my compositions. And then I have other songs that just touch me for, for some reason. And I'm talking about Sodad, which you, you hear in the, the live DVD, and um, which is a, a great, you know, Cape Verdean anthem. I guess um, and then you have My Favorite Things the the version that really touched me was the one that from John Coltrane with McCoy Tyner on the, the piano and it's just an amazing version there are so many other songs that I love to, to sing that I, I'm always singing with the vinyl <laughs> from Ella from Billy from you know they are just songs that Ella Fitzgerald for example is uh, uh, the kind of singer that always makes me happy when I hear her, I, I, I have a smile on my face because she's so cheerful and she she's so happy by doing what she, she does. Part of being a musician is also being happy with what you're doing because we're also all self 
criticizing of ourselves. You know, we don't give ourselves some, we don't cut ourselves some slack, <laughs> and where we can be very mean to ourselves. You know. Let's go back to the live album to finish. Yeah, um, let's go back to the live album. You, you talked about it obviously being a sort of I don't know a retrospect, looking back or seeing where you are at, at present. Did you notice maybe even afterwards that there was any kind of theme? Yeah, there's always there's always a, a, a glue uh, in all the 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 albums throughout the the message or the uh, of course through, throughout the, the the music because we are the sole comp composers and there's probably a lot of you know main things that you can identify from album to album my music uh, expresses a lot of what I am and what I live every day you know and what I see and um, you know sometimes it's a angry message sometimes it's a peaceful message a happy message and it just goes by with the with the days you know living is just like making music you know you you feel and you 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 respond i thought to finish the interview it might be quite nice to maybe ask you to to pick one track from the album which we'll just play a little bit of to mm -hmm. finish you know put you on the spot and ask you to choose one track <laughs> um well in this album we have three bonus tracks that we recorded in the studio one of them is called sol which means sun and uh, I wrote it because we have so much sun in London that <laughs> I just decided to write something about that and see if um, we could have even more sun, but it didn't work. Uh, so Soul is a, a good track to hear. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you very much. Thank you. Sanga, a vida que todos só lavanta, cafeta subiga, se é feito, não aproveita a papia, só que tem coisa chuta com chifre, só lavanta, só estrada, se Next to join me on the podcast was Amir Kia. I wanted to start at the beginning. And what inspired you in the first place? Was there a moment? Was there a voice on the radio? It's uh, it's difficult to say. I can't really remember, actually. I, th I know just I've been singing ever since I was a child. And um, I guess it's just something I really enjoyed. So it just kind of happened that way. Moving from something you enjoyed to something you've obviously started to do for a living, was, 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 that, was that an interesting process? It was. You know, it, it kind of it happened in a roundabout way mm -hmm. in my case, but it was definitely an interesting process. I was studying uh, politics at the time. Yeah, at SOAS, and I started, uh, you know, jamming with some musicians, friends of mine. And was there a, was there a moment where you decided that it was from fun to something that you wanted to do more seriously? Was it was a very very decisive moment? It was always in my mind. It, you know that I guess that moment never happened because it was kind of the the starting point. Anyway, I always knew that that's what I wanted to do. Um, the other things were kind of, let's say, vehicles or tools in my life to get me to that point, even though actually in, in a slightly roundabout way, even though they weren't directly related to music or, you know, my studies or the different work experiences I've, I had weren't directly related to music, but things I was doing because eventually it was the music that I was getting to. 
before you even started writing your own and singing and writing your own music, I mean, how important was music to you? I mean, I mean, are you, are you someone that was just devouring music before that point? Definitely. I was, uh, yeah, ever since I was very young, I was always listening to all kinds of music, uh, devouring music, like you say, in, <laughs> in all kinds of ways. And I think also music was very educational for me, very... Uh, it taught me that actually, you know, because this is, it's not something that you can achieve overnight. Mm. It takes a long time. So maybe one of the biggest lessons is that it taught me that, you know, you have to be patient. And, and you're still on that journey now. It hasn't finished, has it? Def- definitely. It hasn't finished at all. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, let's talk about home. I mean, wh- where do you consider home? I consider home actually wherever I happen to be in the moment. I consider home the people I love, my network of, uh, of people that I love and that give me support. And really, you know, I, I consider myself lucky because in a more geographical sense or in a more uh, physical, practical sense, I have many homes in mm-hmm. the sense that, you know, I have a home in Sudan and also Italy is my home and so I feel like home is uh, home is a lot of different places when you when you started to make your own music did you understand where the influences were coming from or, or, or did, did it take a while for you to realize that you were taking different aspects of the different the different places that's a great question I, I wasn't conscious of it I didn't understand that this is coming from that influence I just knew that that's actually I kind of started understanding it later when the product mm. when the final result was there uh, and I could uh, begin to trace it back and say oh wow this really sounds a lot like this or that or if I'm, if I got it right you've recorded two albums to date is that, is, yes. that, is that right have you found recording something that's um, a fun thing to do I love recording it's been a really really amazing experience both times and in completely different ways mm. the first album is obviously a huge challenge because you don't know you have no expectations you have no understanding or knowledge or prior experience to even you know assess if it's going well if it's not going well if you're doing the right things if you're not and the second album in a sense because you've had all the experience of the first album you kind of there's now a certain kind of expectation or something happens where there's a bit more pressure and i think kind of learning to deal with the you know the, the things that came up in both these situations was really amazing for me and that leads me on to ask about your bandmates these people that help you create the um, the, the recording and the live experience have, have, have these been various people that you've come across uh, over a long period of time how, how did they come into come to work with you you could say quite accidentally but then who knows <laughs> i mean i you know that's a whole other debate but i yeah i i was playing you know in the first album i was playing with um a specific band, certain sets of musicians. This second album has been recorded with an entirely different makeup. Uh, the only person who's actually uh, present in both is Nadir, the old player. Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, it's just a journey. You you know, over time, the music leads you, and you start to understand where you have to go musically, creatively, artistically. That in turn then informs you who the best people are to help you on that mission in that moment. You know.
When you write the music, then that, that you that you record, I mean, what what's your how do, how do you construct that? I mean, what's 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 your instrument of choice, for instance? Normally a bass, okay. even though I don't play bass. <laughs> I don't know how that happens, but that's normally how how it happens. Yeah. So I let's say I um, there's several stages. I I develop the music firstly on my own in terms of the vocal melody, the bass line, um, guitar lines, and then. I kind of move on at the next stage and work with the band. Who will you be bringing to perform your, your music uh, at, the, at the concert at King's Place? It's going to be, uh, we're going to be performing most probably as a quartet. So it's going to be myself, uh, guitarist Camilo Menjura, uh, a bassist Michele Montolli and a drummer who's Le- Leandro Mancini. Let's talk about your second album because I presume you'll be, you'll be drawing quite heavily from that in, yes. in your in your live performance. Um, it, it's called uh, well translated the desert. Is that right? Yes, a Sahara, the desert. So 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 what about the desert? What joins the collection of songs together? What's what's the theme and the idea behind this? There isn't an idea. Okay. There isn't an idea. Uh, it's it's not so much a conceptual work as it is just um, you know a, a progression, uh, a journey. And that, that's the arrival point, I would say. Um, I think the journey for me was one of kind of creating as much space as possible, a, a quest or a search for the essentials of the tools of expression that I was uh, seeking at that moment. So really just, you know, brushing everything down, you know, and, and finding the, the final, final things that I needed to express the music that I was uh, trying to to perform that I was writing and to be honest when when you know when we perform it's I don't have a let's say a, a target kind of um, in mind or a target reaction or I, I just hope that it will bring people further along their own journey in some way if that can even be possible if if in some way my music can affect people to go further along on their own journey and find something that they need to find or discover something about themselves or you know then that's that's wonderful for me. <laughs> <laughs> to finish the uh, the interview off, I, I thought it might be quite nice uh, to possibly pick one track from your your recent album, and maybe you could introduce it and tell us just a, to set set the scene a little bit and tell us a little bit more about it. Well, while we're talking about it, then I'll pick Al Sahra, which is the the theme song of the album, and um, like we said, it means the desert. It's um, it's actually kind of lyrically, it's a love story between the desert and the sky. And so it's kind of, you know, the desert talking and saying, longing, longing for the sky, longing for this reunion. And so obviously, you know, metaphorical, if if you would choose to interpret it that way. (laughs) And it's one of the songs I, I like a lot in the album. Thank you very much. Thank you.
The London International Festival of Exploratory Music runs from the 29th of October to the 1st of November, presenting world premieres, UK premieres and rarely seen artists on the UK shore. This year's Life M presents new shows and lineups and features pop, jazz and world singer, guitarist, percussionist Badger Sarge from Brazil on Wednesday the 29th of October, Ame Koita from Mali on the 30th of October and the artists I spoke to, Amira Kia from Sudan on Friday the 31st of October and Carmen Souza from Cape Verde on the 1st of November. Four incredible nights not to be missed. I'm Ben Eshmate and you've been listening to a King's Place podcast. For more details about these events and ticket links, please visit kingsplace.co.uk forward slash lifem. Thanks for listening.